Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. It's not how you start, but how you finish. We are your co-hosts, Solomon and Jamila Jefferson. We want you all to know, no matter the cards we've been dealt in life or the mistakes we've made, we will not allow our past to determine our future. Good evening, everyone. We're here tonight with Brother Leon Hazard to discuss incarceration and reentry. How you doing, Brother Leon? Hey, I'm doing fine, man. Thank you for asking. Good to hear that. Now, let me ask you a question. Can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, basically, I grew up in Sussex County, Delaware. I grew up with two sisters, mother, father in the house. Father had some outside kids. Pretty much, we was a mediocre family. We wasn't rich, we wasn't poor. We were pretty decent, you know. Like I said, I grew up with both parents in the house, just like any other ordinary kid, you know, when you get a certain age, you get curious. You know, my curiosity led me to the street. Despite being raised in church and stuff, I gravitated toward the street. Those people that were, you know, breaking the law. Pretty soon, I wasn't no longer observing it. I was, you know, participating in it. And, you know, one thing led to another that led to another. Despite many warnings, I ended up incarcerated. Do you mind sharing a couple of things that your family or community did not know about incarceration based on your experience? Yeah, man, it's a world of its own when you're on the inside of America's justice system. It's very easy to get in there, but I tell you, it's very hard getting out and not only just getting out, staying out. You know, a lot of people during my incarceration was a part of that revolving door. It had me question in my three years, what is going on out there? I seen one guy coming eight times in my three years. And, you know, I asked him what was going on out there so bad that he couldn't stay out. And, you know, it had him convinced that he didn't want to be out. I can relate to that. And even with me, one thing a lot of people may not know about incarceration is that every news that goes on on the streets, it comes inside the prison. The one thing I learned was there's a lot of communication within the prison. And one thing a lot of people don't understand about prison also, almost everything that's available on the street is also available in prison. What were some positive and negative things you've received from your incarceration and what did you learn from them? Well, you know, I can say the positive things were I met up with a few brothers that was serious about Jesus Christ, serious about prayer, not letting the woes of the system get to them. Now, the negative side of that is the masses of the people went the ways of what the prison is set up, the belly of the beast, as they call it on the street, that you go in there and your criminal activity increases. It's almost like a breeding ground to playing your next crime. And a lot of guys fell short of that. It's what you make it in there. I know God puts us certain places for a reason. And if you grab that concept and you get in touch with them, you can make prison something that has saved your life. But if you go in there and don't have God on your side and don't seek him, it's something out there that'll seek you and it'll find you. And it is not God. It's of the devil. It's a breeding ground. Now, Brother Leon, I can identify with everything you just said because during my incarceration, I went there several times. And the several times was because I did not receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. As a matter of fact, uh, the several times that I went there, I came out with the same same mindset. But fortunately for me, uh, the last time around, I got tired. I was beat up. 
and God had put a strong calling on my life and I gave into it. I seek salvation and I found out my calling while I was in prison. And that's what my ministry developed in prison. So I can definitely identify with everything you're saying. Question is, how did your incarceration affect your children and your family? Oh man, I, I, I tell you, a lot of people need to hear this. And I didn't know it until years after I got out of jail, me and my mother discussed it. And she told me straight up, she was scared of me the day she came pick me up from prison because of how prison had molded me into this institutionalized animal that I became. I didn't come out violent or uh, a mass murderer or anything like that, but I came out stuck and she seen it in me. I cut the world off. I didn't want to do nothing society had to offer. I was scared. I was so scared of coming back that it messed me up mentally. And, you know, I thank God that, you know, my mother's a woman of Christ and, you know, she's stuck in there with me. But, you know, for those that's listening out there that have people that's coming out of prison, it's just not you coming out of a Walmart or any other building. You're coming out of something that's that's God didn't set us up to be in prison. You know, it's a thing that'll take your mind. It'll slow you up because the world don't stop when you get locked up. The world keeps going. But guess who stops? Because you're going to be behind once you come out of the walls. And if you don't prepare yourself, you'll be the one saying it's easier to go back because you don't want to keep up with what's going on or you don't want to catch up with what's going on. And a lot of times, families, children, and friends just don't understand the person that's coming out from prison. It's a gap in between them. It's re-entry programs sometimes bridge them gaps. Now, let me ask you a more of a kind of personal question. I know you got children. How did this primarily affect your children? Actually, man, I had some forgiving children. Once I got out, I got out on a Thursday. Friday, my mom said she had a surprise for me. I got to tell you this. Let me rewind it. My whole incarceration, I didn't have a visit. I cut all my visits off and I didn't see nobody in the whole three years and some change that I was locked up. And that included my children. So my mind was like, man, are they going to accept me? Are they going to deny me? Are they going to remember me? And I remember my mother telling me that Friday that I got a surprise for you. Your kids will be here in 10 minutes. Man, I like to lost it because I didn't want them to see me because I didn't have the words to explain to them. But thank God when they walked up them steps. They looked at me and they said, are you our dad? And I said, yes. And they came to me and they hugged me. But that's not the usual story of everybody else. I was lucky. You know, I was very fortunate that when they got older, we talked about right. it and they never looked down on me about it. I shared some things with them. I didn't think they were ready for it, but I just had to tell them before they heard it from the streets. And luckily, I just thank God that they accepted me back as their father. That is awesome. Now, I heard you mention re-entry a few minutes ago, and we know that re-entry is transitioning from prison or jail back into society. What was your re-entry experience? Well, I thank God once again for my mother because the jail had my mind warped and I had plans and they weren't good plans at all because that's what prison does to you if you're not properly nurtured. But it's two sides to that story. I had a mother. I had people that wrote me on the regular with positive scriptures and positive feedback. 
And once I got to that door, that gate, I could have went right or left. Left, that was back to the street. And right, my mother was standing over there. And she told me, you're not going nowhere but home. And it was almost a forced situation. So she she made me come to her house. And I thank God for it today. I didn't have visits from the street because I knew I wasn't strong enough. I had a select few people that came and seen me. I knew I had to make it work for myself. Because one thing, I had a small plan, but I didn't have a big one. My small plan was not to return to jail within six months. That was one of the things I said, God, please don't let me be back in here like I see some of these people because I gave it to them when I seen them and I didn't want them to give it back to me. But once I got out and started seeing, okay, it's basically just follow the rules. Whatever your probation officer says, hey, you be in the house this time, be in the house that time. Because a lot of people were coming back just for minor curfew violations. But jail is jail. You locked up, you locked up. And I didn't want none of that. Well, my reentry ended up, I got a job. I started working. I was on home confinement. And I tell you, I, I seen how wicked the system was when my probation officer told me she wanted to violate me. She wanted to violate me for not going out on my free time. I told her I'd rather stay home because I don't want nothing to happen. She said, well, I'm taking you back in front of the judge because it's just not healthy for you to be sitting in the house like that. And right then and there, that just gave me more energy to do the right thing. I got off of home confinement, went to level three. Got off of level three, went to level two. I had 14 years probation. I ended up getting off of all probation within 19 months. Because I followed the rules. I just went on and followed the rules. Whatever they asked of me, I bowed down. But I can't take credit for that because I also stayed in my word. I never strayed from my word. I prayed often and conviction also steps in when you know better. Amen. Amen. At this point now, I'm going to let my co-host jump in and see if she got any comments. So from what I'm hearing from your story, perseverance. And I thank God, you know, one of the scriptures that come to mind that stands out is Romans chapter three, verses 23 through 24. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. I'm going to pass it over to Sonny to share his story. Brother Lee, I keep hearing you say about home confinement and level three probation and how your mom say was very instrumental in your re-entry process. And I can identify with that because I had a similar experience. Mine was work release. And what happened with me was work release allowed me to save some money, pay off my fines. Doing work release, just like when you was on home confinement, the first thing you have to do is establish a host. So my parents was my host also and might not know, but they was hard on me. They helped me stay focused in addition to my word because one thing I hear you keep saying is your spirituality, your work getting into your, your scriptures and being rooted in God helped you. And it helped me also because there's no way in the world I would have made it if I wasn't rooted in the Word. And one of my instruments as far as the entry also was my place of worship. When I first got out, I made sure I went to preachers and, and some bishops and 
different churches and asked them all to put me on the prayer list because I knew where I came from. I was going back. Oftentimes, people talk about change people, places, and things. Sometimes you don't have to change people, places, and things because I went right back to the community in which I came from, but I didn't go back by myself. I took Christ with me. So that's the important layer is that Christ thing, you can't do it without Christ. Go ahead, Sister Jamita. Right. So some of the practical things that I hear that you all are saying based on the themes that I'm hearing that you all had to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you made sure you got connected to a place of faith that you continue to pray and stay in your word. So that to me is just life-giving to give someone hope they're in this situation or in the returning citizens process as well. Some other things to me that I learned from Solomon was that the Apex organization, the advancement through pardons and expungement from the state of Delaware, the Department of Labor, through the Division of Vocational Rehabilitation was very helpful with the next steps when he took interest in deciding to get help with his record. And we thank the Lord that got a pardon and then God willing in God's time, his expungement will come through since he received the letters from the courts. So we just give God the glory that your stories of perseverance and not giving up to me just speaks a lot and gives hope to other people that you all may have had to take jobs that may have been not what you wanted, but you stay obedient unto the Lord and made sure that like, I'm not going to go back where I used to be. I'm trying to do this thing right. And then in that God honored that and God blessed your obedience and allowed you all to continue to persevere and to get other opportunities in addition to humble beginnings because y'all are not where y'all used to be. Y'all are grateful to the Lord that y'all are at a place where you all are. So that could give hope to someone that even when you first come out, you may not want that type of job because you feel like it doesn't pay enough or it takes away from who you are as a person because you feel you're bigger than that or better than that. But when God God allows you to be humble and to take on an opportunity like that. It not only allows you to grow in what God needs to teach you, but it allows other people to see that you have changed and been transformed unto the Lord. And Brother Leon, what words of advice or practical tools can you give our listeners who are in this process or have family members in this process? You know, one thing that I found and I realized this and it plays back in my head that if you don't like something and you want to get away from it, you have to start to despise it in order to transition away from it. It can't be good to you no more. That's powerful. Yes. You have to despise it. And man, I'll tell you, God took off in my life. Now, I got out of jail in 2004. It doesn't happen overnight. God has done some things in my life to where I don't even know what day, (laughs) what's the date on it, when I lose, but it just didn't feel good to me no more. For me to be sitting in the house on a Friday night and content and feeling safe and thank you, Jesus, you know, I'm sorry for the people that went through it on Friday night, but guess who ain't a part of it no more? Guess who don't want to be a part of it no more? And I thank God for it. I thank God. Amen. Now, Brother Leon, before we close, do you have any scriptures that help you through your journey? Yeah, one of them. (laughs) A guy gave me a scripture a while back, and I took offense to it. 
But now I see where he was coming from. He told me, ill-gotten gain will never last, so why take the risk? <laughs> ill-gotten gain will never last, so why take the risk? It's found in Proverbs. Amen. Amen. Well, I know from my own experience and talking with you because the listeners may not know, but I've been knowing you for some years. And besides that, you're my cousin. I know the journey that we've both been on because we both know each other's journey to some extent. I know that God has really changed both of us because same game we used to play, we used to play it together. But what I love about God is God got us still on the same team. We're playing for a different manager now. Yes, we are. We used to play for the winner. Yes. But now we're playing for God. So I just want to thank you for your time. Jamila, you got anything you want to say in closing? I just give God the glory for like the work that the Lord is continuing to do in your lives to be a hope and an inspiration to other people because God is so faithful. And even out of what you all went through, look at how God is continuing to transform you all to be a blessing to others that there is hope even after incarceration and reentry. Brother Leon, you got any final words? Yes. If for anybody out there that's just getting out, come out with a plan. Not a get out of jail plan, but a stay out of jail plan. Because I tell you, jail could be a savior to some of these people because these streets ain't playing now. You know, it could be eternal death. But before you play that game, just try God. Try him. I did. And it worked out for me. Just try him. Amen. Brother Leon, we really want to thank you for your time tonight. We thank you for everything you said that inspired us and our guests. And we want to pray that God continue to bless you and keep you. Amen. 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 Thank you very much. Talk to you later. Yeah, thank you guys too. So no matter the cards we've been dealt in life or the mistakes we have made, it does not define who we are or where we are going. It is just a part of our story and the journey that God has us on to not only learn from these different experiences, but to sometimes be able to help support, encourage, and inspire others who may be going through similar situations. My husband and I have learned this to be true because of our different life experiences, which have led us in wanting to continue to share our stories along with others to know it is not how you start, but how you finish.